Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. And uh, I don't know, I mean, everybody has a different relationship with the book of Psalms. Um, some people, like, uh, if we're a little less connected, maybe emotionally and create creatively and all those things, we may look at Psalms very easy and go, oh, that's kind of like a, a, one of those books that got put in the Bible that are kind of like, it's okay, Do you have, like, what's the use, you know? And then there's others, like we spoke about last Sunday, there's others, man, this is like, pumps life into us, right? And it's like, oh, I'm so thankful that there's this entire book of 150 chapters of poetry and creativity and people giving us words to say to God when we don't know what to say all the time, right? And so we're working our way through this and um, and just a little bit to keep in mind as we go through, because obviously we're not doing every single song. But it's not an unworthy task to want to one day or potentially beginning to study this entire book from front to back, every single chapter. And we want to understand something is this wasn't just a haphazard book that was put together. It wasn't like somebody just found a number of different poems by a number of different people and decided to just kind of lump them in, okay? It's actually a group of poems that are uniquely and intentionally arranged into a single book. This, it's meant to be ordered the way it's ordered, okay? And uh, so you've, you'll find out, some of you that have studied the book of Psalms, you've noticed it's separated up into five sections, okay? And actually the first two chapters are, are not a part of that. They're an introductory kind of lesson to the book of Psalms. And so that's important to know, right? Is when we're studying this through is Psalm 1 and 2 is meant to be an introduction to the entirety of this book right here, okay? Um, and I like this. I couldn't have said it better than Tim Mackey, so I'm just putting his quote up here. Um, together, Psalm 1 and 2 uh, tell us that the book of Psalms is designed to be the prayer book of God's people who are striving to be faithful to the commands of the Torah and hoping and waiting for the Messianic kingdom. Okay, so this was quite a, just a, a tool for God's people and a prayer book, not specifically, I know sometimes we think it's just a song, actually specifically a prayer book, right? And poems and songs and different things like that. So I just wanted to put that in front of us because we're kind of jumping to different psalms and, and all that. And I don't want to just put out the idea that this was just kind of jumbled together. We're kind of trying to draw some different ideas out of this, right? So what we've done already so far is we've covered Psalm 1 and uh, Ben preached about Psalm 8. We did Psalm 23. We spent a couple weeks just looking at what does it mean to lament when times are hard, when, when hard things are happening, when there's injustice, when there's suffering. Like, what does it look like to be faithful? What, what, what are people saying to God that sometimes as we read this, 
it's a little bit comforting to know we can interact with God in a very raw and a very real, as well as a very respectful and faithful way. All of those things can come together, okay? And so, so that's where we've been up until this point, okay? And so uh, turnover now, we're going to be in Psalm 37, okay? And so, um, again, uh, this is one of, one of my favorite psalms. I, I love this. Um, and I'll share a little bit about why that is as we go on here. Um, but we're going to be divvying this up over two Sundays. So we're going to touch on about the first 20 verses today. And then next Sunday we'll come at, uh, back at the back half of this, okay? And so Psalm 37, uh, verse 1. Uh, I'm reading in the Christian Standard Bible. So uh, if you have, if you're reading a Bible on your phone, you can oftentimes, you know, do your own thing. If not, that's where I'm at right here. So uh, Psalm 37, verse 1. Don't be agitated by evildoers. Don't envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what's good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he'll act. Making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. Be silent before the Lord. Wait expectantly for him. Don't be agitated by one who prospers in his way, by the man who carries out evil plans. Refrain from your anger and give up your rage. Don't be agitated. It can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, he won't be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. The wicked person schemes against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. And the Lord laughs at him because he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and strung the bow to bring down the afflicted and needy and to slaughter those whose way is upright. Their swords will enter their own hearts and their bows will be broken the little that the righteous man has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord supports the righteous. The Lord watches over the blameless all their days, and their inheritance will last forever. They will not be disgraced in times of adversity. They will be satisfied in days of hunger. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies, like the glory of the pastures, will fade away. They will fade away like smoke. So let's just stop. Let's we're gonna kind of put a like right there. Let's let's cut it off so we can take a few moments to look over. What have we just read? What does it mean? Okay. And and what I'd like to begin with first and foremost, though, is there are a few things in here that I think we ask questions about that the original hearers wouldn't have asked questions about. So um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week as well. Um, but when you when when we read things uh, here like um, uh, uh, they will uh, the Lord watches over in verse eighteen uh, the blameless and their inheritance will last forever they won't be disgraced in times of adversity they'll be satisfied in days of hunger 
And uh, further on, it talks about that the righteous won't be, won't ever be found to be begging for food and all of these things. A lot of times what we do as kind of Western folks, and we, we are that, it's not a negative thing. This is where we grew up, okay? But what we've learned is we ask questions. We're like, but, but we do see where righteous people have suffered from hunger and neglect. We do see in history where faithful people have gone on to really have rough times. And, and we look at this and we go, man, how do those work together? And we can become very cynical, okay? But let me just, just understand as we read this poetry, the Israelites wouldn't have asked that question. They wouldn't have come to this conclusion that, oh man, we've actually seen something different before. Like God, what you're saying and what David is saying to God, that's not completely true. Okay, the Israelites wouldn't have heard it that way or thought about it that way. They would have understood that he's making this idea, this, this overarching kind of understanding of who God is. And even in tough times, they will know we are going to be okay. All right. And so again, I say that because sometimes we have to make sure we kind of tweak our minds as we read the scripture and we can go move into it cynically sometimes. And I know sometimes these are some questions that come out of it. Um, but I want to just force to let's review this here. Don't be agitated by evildoers. Don't envy those who do wrong. They wither quickly. How would we respond? Like, so let me kind of ask you this question as we get into verse three here. If you were hanging out at like a dinner party, maybe you had some folks over to the house, something like that, and you were talking and who knows, maybe there was a lot going on or something like that. And the person said, you know what you need to do? Just trust in the Lord, do what's good. How would that land? And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to make a point that I know how that would land, but I want you to think about that because I think sometimes we can go, man, if you came to my house and we were having some kind of conversation about Jesus and discipleship, and you said, listen, you know what? Trust in the Lord and do what's good. I, I would have mixed reactions to that, I think. Okay? I think it would be easy to have mixed reactions, okay? And now, there, there are some, like, again, maybe, I, I would, yes, there are some of us in here and you would go, I would love for somebody to say this in my house. Like, this would be really great if we were having brothers and sisters over and I was kind of sharing some difficult moments and they were like, you know what? Trust in the Lord and do good, okay? There's some of us, you hear that, and you're like, that would be such a great time at dinner, okay? And then there's the filter of going, you know, hey, trust in the Lord and do what's good. And you would go, really, Jack? You don't even know. Don't make it easy. You don't even know me. We be trusting the Lord and do what's good, okay? And why I say that is because my hope is not to even, this, this preaches itself, but sometimes what the, like my job could be is helping us remove some filters, okay? Because I think I wonder if David had walked amongst us and said, hey, trust in the Lord and, and do what's good. Dwell in the land, live securely, right? Hey, take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desires. And right there, we kind of like that one. Like that one right there. And I want to zero in on this just for one second. Okay? So we don't think that he is, and, and, and just so we don't think that he's saying, oh, verse four, take the light of the Lord 
and he will give you your heart's desires. And you're going, man, I have a lot of desires. I have a lot of things I really want. Right? He's not talking about material things right here. Just, just to be clear about that, okay? We can't, we can't twist this around and go, oh man, if I delight in him, then the, the point is delighting in him. That's the point, okay? Now, no one's going to argue if he throws in material things, okay? But that's not the actual point here. But the point is this, the, the light in him, okay? So as David's writing this, there's something going on. He's saying, don't be agitated. Like something's going on that's stirring. He's, he's being stirred up. And he, don't be agitated by evil doers. Don't envy those who do wrong. And so there's something happening here. And so when we consider those times when we're feeling just stirred up and we're feeling all kinds of torn and, and maybe angry and all these things, and he says, take delight in the Lord. Take delight, like be delighted by his ways. Is that an easy thing to hear? Okay, because I just let me be a let me be kind of like just a, a test subject right here, okay? When I'm agitated and I'm upset and I'm feeling all kinds of things, whether it's I'm feeling picked on or I'm feeling mopey or something like that, it doesn't sound like take delight in the Lord and he'll give you your heart's desires. That, that immediately doesn't like hit me from a place of going, oh, like, what am I saying? I like to stew in it a little bit, right? Does anybody else ever feel that before, you know, like, like you're feeling things and man, maybe there's people doing wrong things and injustice and it's, does anybody else ever feel that way before where you feel like, I kind of like just stewing in this for a moment, you know, right? I don't know what that is. There's people that know what's going on biochemically inside of us that's going, hey, this is kind of a, a nice thing, but it's really, it's not, okay? And so, again, when he's saying, take the light of the Lord, and what we're trusting him to do is he's like, I know exactly what everyone needs. I know exactly what's needed for you. And take the light in me, okay? And so, there's these few, like, as David writes, like, take the light. Verse 5, he says, commit your way to the Lord, Okay? Again, just I always think I, I like thinking like if we're having coffee together or we're eating a meal together or sharing a picnic together and somebody were to say these things, you know, when times are tough and after they have maybe offended you by saying trust in the Lord, do what's good. What if they doubled down and said, you know, commit your way. Commit your way. Commit your way to the Lord. Can you think of a response back that you may have? I'll give you one that we've all thought of, okay? Commit your way to the Lord. So you think I'm not committed? Right. <laughs> we would, I mean, I don't know if David could live amongst us these days, right? Because we're, we're so like, oh, oh, so I'm not committed? Is that what you're saying? Right. And then all of a sudden, we're, we've gone down a whole nother street, Okay, I'm like, oh, he doesn't even think I'm committed. I don't know if I can hang with people who don't think I'm committed. I'm not committed. I come to church every Sunday. I'm committed. I got a tons of foothills sticker on my car. I'm committed. Okay? Like, this isn't beyond what we do. Right? right? And so, there's this, and, and then this, hey, be silent before the Lord. And wait expectantly. 
be silent for the Lord and pray this day. Um, and there's all kinds of different comebacks we can have in all of this. But I think for us to understand how to practice something like this and how to get into David's mind and have an idea of what were you talking about, okay, is we have to explore something that I think is pretty interesting, okay, is this right here, is he says this three times. Don't be agitated. Right? If you have, a, there's some verses, or I mean some uh, versions of the Bible, the word is vexed. We don't use that word enough anymore. That would be, don't be vexed. Don't be agitated. Three times. And so it's important. Remember last week we were talking about kind of the chorus line of Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. Why am I so depressed? Why is my heart so? Like we're, we're seeing that this is happening over and over again. And just like in a lot of poetry, you come back to this, this idea, this sentence, this, this chorus of, hey, don't be agitated. And, and it kind of begs this question of what does it look like when I'm agitated? Okay, I feel like, man, I don't even know. Um, I get this for some reason so clearly this year for some reason of agitation. It's been very easy to be agitated. All right. And uh, so when you think about it, it says three times, don't be agitated. Right? I, think, I think all of us can understand that we probably express our agitation differently. Right? Some of us were agitated and everybody knows it. I mean, every, everyone's going to know when, when there's some of us that fit in that category, um, there's some of us that fit in the category of I'm agitated, and you're not going to know. Like, I'm just, you know, I, I find all kinds of reasons to just, you know, do my life, whatever. In fact, maybe some people would be surprised if they, have you ever had that before where somebody would say, man, I get really angry sometimes. I get really agitated. I really want to bring vengeance out. And have you ever met that person? You're like, you? Really? Right. You know, yeah, because it just kind of sits in there, okay? And then there's the the manipulative uh, agitator that's like, I'm not agitated, but I can fully let you know through sarcasm that I'm agitated, right? And 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 I, I'm just grateful that Royce is nodding his head because I'm heading into that professional life. If I can get Leslie and Christian to do the same thing, I know I'm in good. You know, mental health land right there, okay? But but yeah, don't be agitated. So here's an interesting well, first of all, let, let's stop here for a second. How does that one sit with you? Hey, don't be that. It is tough, right? I mean, it's one of those things here now, right here, unless I have done something to you that I'm not aware of. It's probably pretty easy to not be agitated right here, right now. Like it's kind of like, hey, this is, it's like, yeah, we're talking about agitation. Yeah, okay, I get agitated, but it's not that big a deal. Yeah, okay, that, that happens, but, and then we all know how it is. Then the week comes up, right? And all of a sudden it's, holy moly, right? Goodness gracious, people can, and, and, and you, you notice, like, what we say when we're agitated, it's because of other people. Yeah. Oh, man, people are so this and people are so that. It's, it, 
it, it's interesting. And, and if we want to go down kind of a little bit of a tangent, it really gets us very close to this point where Jesus, remember what Jesus said? He's like, hey, be careful what you call people. Yeah. Like, be very careful about what you call people, right? But, but how many times is it so easy to justify in my agitation to call people names? Exactly. Right? And so, right, <laughs> traffic. I'm glad you live in Clemson. <laughs> you should not live in a big city. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Traffic. If you have to sit for more than two times at a light, okay? No, I'm just giving it through. If he stands up and starts running at me, somebody's got to tackle him, okay? So, um, but yeah, don't be agitated. Here's the killer about this word right here, okay? Um, is almost exclusively in the Bible, this word is reserved for something God does. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not for men to be. This word is almost exclusively a God word of God getting agitated and doing and bringing justice, okay? And so there's an implication to this when we read these, okay? So we read this in verse 1, don't be agitated. In verse 7, as he says, be silent before the Lord. Don't be agitated by the one who's, whose way, uh, who prospers in his way. And in verse 8, uh, refrain from anger. Give up your rage. Don't be agitated, right? There's an implication to this that's helpful for us, I think. Is when the writer, when David is using this particular word that's meant to be a God thing, what he's saying is when we participate in this, what we're doing is we're usurping what God is supposed to be doing. We've decided that no, it's up to me to do this. Okay? It, this isn't just about I'm upset or I don't have much patience or people make me angry. It's actually us replacing ourselves with God Himself. Of saying, no, I have to do this. This is now becoming a me thing. Right. right? And that's why this is so, this is this is really, really tough because God is telling us that this, this one thing, trust me. There's something, I don't know if you feel this or not when I read this, there's something as I read David's little poem here that is semi-calming. Okay? Don't be agitated. Don't envy those. He's going, they wither quickly. They wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what's good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he'll act. Right? There's something comforting for to hear a word go, listen, you are perfectly 100% safe and secure. No matter what anybody's doing to you. We're geared the opposite. We're geared, and, and I, I am like this, of like constantly on like the defense mode. Like, what am I hearing? How am I interpreting things with people and all that kind of stuff? And it, it's just so much nicer. And maybe it's not landing on you this way, but it lands on me this way. It's so much nicer to go, oh man, it's, it's nice to go, we're okay. But what about this person said this thing about you though? And he said this thing that is not true, and they're treating you like unjustly, and they're doing that. Man, that just makes me so angry. But yeah, okay, you wonder what? There should be, there, believe me, there's this tension that we have living on this planet when we see what the kingdom of God is supposed to be, 
And we see the evil uh, of just how this world is run. There's something about that that is just going to be unsettling to us. It should be. I mean, we should go, oh, that infuriates me. But he's talking about an agitation that's about getting back at someone. Let me let them know that I'm going to come after them. Let me let them know that, you know, it's, it's again, taking, leaving no room for God to get in there and actually do something. Okay? And so when he's saying these things here, and he's saying, man, refrain from anger and give up your rage, it doesn't mean that we have to cut off this emotion of just like, man, it hurts my heart when there's injustice and to see people get hurt. And it hurts my heart to know that's happening. And, and if there's one area that I think we all have to wrestle with is when somebody hurts somebody we love. Right? And it's like, no, I'm going to go and I need to take care of things with this person, man. I'm going to go get revenge on this person. And this psalm right here is teaching us, but this is how to be faithful when there is injustice and when there is, when, when, there, when you're being treated unfairly and you're being treated and taken advantage of and all of these things, it's, it's commit your way to the Lord. He's not saying, no, you're not committed. He's saying, no, remember this. Commit your way to the Lord. Remember to do this in these moments. I think me and you can overestimate our strength. Yeah. Right? We go, no, man, if it's hard, I know, commit my way. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know if it's that easy. It's really tough. I mean, in, in reality, right, is, boy, there can be this huge amount of tension inside of us. Right? And so he's saying, man, don't be agitated. Trust in the Lord. Like, how many times is it just we need to hear that? Okay, because there, there's so much about living in the kingdom of God that he's saying, man, I need you. It might not look like you think it should look, but you can trust me for all of the best reasons. You can trust me because I am secure, and you can trust me. Like, just we have to hear these words from God and from Jesus. Like, we have to hear these words of just... Just trust me, and I know it's struggle so desperately to not be afraid and to not worry and all of those things. And going back and hearing, like, okay, we we can be trusted, and we're totally and hundred percent safe, and we can take delight in Him, and what we can be happy with what makes Him happy. We can do those things, and we can commit our way, and we can actually be silent. Right? Is there anybody that's you know? becomes very verbal when you're agitated, right? That's, that's, that happens, right? I mean, it's like, it's gonna just, just be silent and wait expectantly. Yeah. Don't be agitated by one who prospers in his way. I mean, there's so many ways to take this because to a certain degree, this is very encouraging. If, if you find yourself, okay, and, and we find ourselves in different places, okay? But if you find yourself in a place where you're like, man, I just can't, like, I'm around corruption all the time and I just can't seem to get ahead and I can't, you know, if you're in a position where you're going, oh my goodness, like there's this significant amount of oppression and injustice to know that you're good. But then there's another way to take it, like for, for this to be read in a way to go, man, if you're that person that's doing this, Understand, this is not like, like relent 
Repent of what you're doing. Like, understand, this is what human beings do, right? And so this can be maybe both a, a, a rebuke and an encouragement, depending on where you, like, I don't know where everybody is. I mean, you may go to work and you may be oppressive and unjust and unfair and a bully and all of those things. And I would encourage you to read this from a standpoint of what David is describing about God of going, listen, listen, you will wither, all right? People cannot be treated this way, all right? Believe me, God is not just waiting for no reason. But if you find yourself on the other end of things going, okay, hey, I'm good. It's gonna be okay, even when it's really, really difficult. Turn over, there's a correlating verse here in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12. Go ahead and turn over there. And, and again, just to bring this into, as Paul's writing to uh, the Roman disciples here in Romans chapter 12. We have this from Paul writing a very similar idea here in verse 17 of chapter 12. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Do you remember Jesus teaching that as well? Yeah. It, this is very interesting, okay? Is it, because as disciples, the things we have to begin asking ourselves is, what do we do that's out of the ordinary from the rest of the world? There isn't maybe anything more glaring than these right here. Yeah. Of, hey, when, when there are evildoers, when there are people prospering at the hands of other people, when there are those kind of things of going, man, we trust God. We don't repay evil for evil, right? I mean, and, and we could take this. I mean, honestly, let me, let me, we have to think deeply about these things, okay? Because this doesn't mean you individually. It means, no, us as a community. This is a you all thing. These are you all things, okay? And, and, and why I'm bringing that up is because I think that one of the ideas that we have to continually put up towards the kingdom of God is, what is my view of violence towards other people? And when do I feel justified with that? Okay? Because here's the deal is, is everyone in the world, there's an ordinary way of viewing it. And there's a faithful way of viewing it, okay? And I'm just saying, this is, this is going to be tough for us. And we've got to lean into this because we can justify when it's okay for us to be those people. Right. Wow. Yeah. Look what they did to us. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm just, I want to slowly just be planting this for your own consideration, okay? Because I think this is really at the heart of what is different between our politics in the world and the kingdom of God. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's this idea of uh, truly, when do I feel a justification for violence towards humanity for any reason? And, and, and I can tell you, th this is a tough one. But I bring that up because Psalm 37 and Romans 12 and, and, and the Sermon on the Mount is not theoretical. Don't repay evil for evil. You understand, like that wouldn't fly in our political system today. Right. In fact, it's it hurts my heart to be quite honest with you. When we take when we take every chance possible to to hate 
people. Right. Yeah. Come on, bro. Right. Yeah. And so I think, because I, 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 again, I'm just saying this could Psalm 37 is great, and it could become very theoretical. But then we start talking about what does this really look like in our daily life. All right. What it really looks like is is no, I'm not going to be a party to war. I'm not going to be party of killing people. And understand, don't try to, again, like I said, don't figure out my politics. Okay? But in the kingdom of God, thank God in his kingdom that war doesn't exist. In his kingdom. I'm not talking about the spiritual battle we're in right now. But I'm going, when we're in his kingdom for eternity, is there anybody that's going to go, man, where's the war? Right, yeah. Like, where's the people that do stuff to us that we can't kill? No! All right, and so I, I, this is just one of those things. And, and again, I have been all over the map in my extremes on this. Okay, I mean, I don't I, let me not come across as like I am more righteous and holier than thou because I have figured this out. Not at all. All right, but I do know that living in the kingdom of God is calling me outside of what the kingdom of the world I live in is asking me to do. Okay, there has to be something that's not of the ordinary in our community. And it can't be hating people, okay? Is we can't just join in and hate people because they've done something to us, yeah. right? Out of the ordinary is, hey, let's leave room for God. Amen. Let, let's leave room because you know why? I trust him. And because he's trustworthy and he's perfect and he's enough as Royce brought up. And you wanna know what? I, I don't know. I don't know what the mathematical equation is of, of how lost everyone else is, but I was pretty lost. I was pretty lost, and he found a way, you know? And man, I'm thankful for that. But man, it seems to me to be inconsistent that I would take something from God and be grateful for his mercy to me and to my family, to be grateful for, you know, these wonderful ways that he's reached out to us in in the midst of all of my debauchery and violence and anger and all of those things. Go, man, thank you, God, that you did that. And now let me do the opposite to everyone else. Or let me at least have other people do other things to other people so it can kind of satisfy my own kind of violence, right? And, and so this is tough because what the kingdom of God is based on is Jesus saying, as I have loved you, so you must love others. That same exact way. And oftentimes we can go, but you know what, Keith? Sometimes violence must occur for things to change. Here's the truth. That's absolutely inaccurate. We have been fighting wars our entire history of the world, and we haven't gotten better. Right? I mean, at some some point we have to go, hold on a minute. Like human beings have done violence forever. And there's no way we could sit here and go, man, we have really figured this thing out. We're perfect. Like, this is really good. And if just the other political party would figure this out, we could all be okay. Except I think what's been untried has been prayer. I know this could be very cynical because people can go, oh, so Keith, so what you're saying is, is that when somebody's doing something, you're going to just sit there and pray. What's wrong with that? <laughs> like, seriously, I don't know what's wrong with that. I have no idea, except these are the things that Psalm 37 is calling us to. Is hey, just commit your way to him. 
right? Don't look for the political way out or something like that, because here's the deal is, is where is the peace and the calm and all of those things? It's right there in what David is writing about back here in Psalm 37. This is, this is what's, what is just so good right here when he says this and he says, you know, commit your way and be silent before the Lord, refrain from anger. He said, a little while in the wicked person that won't be around, but the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity, like materialistic prosperity. That abundant prosperity theologically is like a peace and a calm and a, and a joy and a patience. It's beyond what's normal, right? And they will do that. And the Lord watches over the blameless and their inheritance will last forever and they won't be disgraced. Like we don't have to be the ones that come to do what God already said. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of my people. We're going to continue this next week. And, and again, I know like that last little bit right there can be jarring to hear. Okay. And, and what I'm asking us to do is not to just, hey, all right, Keith said it. I either have to say, I either have to like, oh, I don't agree with it or I do agree with it. I'm asking you to wrestle with it, okay? Because there have been faithful people for hundreds of years that have fallen on different places in this argument, okay? They have, right? And so that my goal isn't to, to illustrate what the, the way that you will think about this, but my goal is, is we have to think about this. And we have to think about it in terms of the kingdom of God. Right? We have to think about it in a way that we can like live this out in our everyday life because it's not always going to be about violence and war and all that. Sometimes it's just the guy in front of us that we get agitated about. Right? And so Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 